Welcome everyone to episode 42 of the Looks Like a Movie podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm here with Just Owen this week, and we're going to be talking about the new Ridley Scott film, Napoleon. But we're going to start, of course, with our weekly watches. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. I, w- <laughs> I didn't watch too many movies. I've been kind of busy um, editing a short film, but I watched... Uh, Alien Covenant twice. I I watched. You didn't Alien see Covenant. that you watched it twice. <laughs> I watched it one. Well, I watched it once, and then the next day I watched it with the audio commentary right. because I um I have the Blu-ray for it, and I um I went downstairs and the it was still like on the TV like in the menu, and I just like clicked on the button and I was like, oh, there's an audio commentary. So I naturally had to rewatch it with the audio commentary um and it's a pretty cool commentary i mean Ridley scott it's really we're in our Ridley scott month right now i guess yeah um, a lot of Ridley scotting is happening um that's, that's what the people are saying yeah they're, they're scotting around right now so i was kind of in the mood for that um that's my favorite Ridley scott movie so i you know dabbled there i um didn't yeah again not didn't watch too many movies i watched um this movie called Pieces from 1982. Right, which was the recommendation. Yeah, Eli Roth uh, yeah. dropped name dropped this movie in the Big Fisher podcast. And he talks about it, you know, being young and not caring so much for uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because he just wants to see uh, people get people cut die. up with chainsaws. Yeah. Um, and that's what you get in Pieces is um, someone people cutting people up into pieces. Um, do they use a chainsaw as well yeah and it's Wait. it's really it's a it's i i don't know if you'd call it comedy horror but the way and people die is just really funny like people's arms are like very cleanly getting like cut off and that's yeah. like it's it's an amusing you think it's like a, do you think it's like a just like a thing of the times where like it was yeah just like... I, well it's just like 1982 slasher it just that's Fair. how it kind of yeah. the vibe i think it's a lot of fun it's not like the best i've ever seen but it's it's pretty it's pretty good watch. Um, I also, I mean, I watched uh, Thanksgiving a couple more times. Yeah. But besides Have you seen that, it three I, times now. Four, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I watched Heaven's Gate, which is the Michael, uh, I think, Camino right. film, the big uh, sweeping epic that kind yeah, of killed really the movie industry. Uh, it is really good. It's um probably uh, there's some probably similarities to uh, Napoleon, but. In terms of just like how vast that movie feels, it's very fascinating um, where the money can go in uh, in 1980 because like it's like it's like they built a city and there's just like people living there basically like there's yeah. just so many extras and there's these great scenes where the camera's sweeping and you just have like hundreds of people dancing and it's like it's just really cool um, to see like. Because, you know, like, so many movies nowadays with, like, hundreds and hundreds of million dollars, and you just don't really see the money on the screen. Um, yeah. And even though this, the money on the screen here kind of burned the movie industry, um, you can tell that money was put in here and, like, for an actual artistic, like, purpose instead of just, like, right, you know, yeah. money laundering. So that, yeah, that's <laughs> all I watched this week. Nice. Okay. I, I did a bit. I, I guess I don't think... I don't think I mentioned this on last week's episode. I I watched both Clue and Days and Confused, or rewatched both Clue and Days and Confused uh, back to back the other night, yeah. like a week ago. 
two of my favorite movies. So that was like super fun. And then immediately I just, I just bought the uh, Days and Confused Criterion a couple days after. So I might even rewatch that again sometime soon so I could listen to, to Mr. Link later talk about it. But um, yeah, that's I mean, probably a good movies. commentary. I, I um, yeah, there's some cool. He's got a um, it's impossible to read by learning. Uh, it's possible, possible to, to learn to plow. plow by reading books is yeah. uh, all time <laughs> commentary. I think that one's really great. But, yeah. yeah, I'd be interested to actually hear that one. too. I think it's cool. There's also like some of the stuff that comes with the criterion is so cool. Like there's like a little book that comes with it. And in the mm -hmm. book, there's like a whole yearbook section where it gives you oh, like cool. descriptions of all the characters, like all their like high school yearbook like type things. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's one of my favorites. Um, I saw the Marvels finally. It's like, whatever. I, honestly, and I, I don't like even care enough at this point to defend any MCU yeah. movie, but like the three leads are like genuinely likable. Like I'm like, if oh, this no, I like, came I mean, out, I like, like yeah, like if this and especially um, Amon Vellani, who yeah. is just like we gotta get her in a real movie dude that's what i'm saying I was, <laughs> I was watching the movie and i was like listen she's gonna be stuck making mcu stuff for at least like the next five years probably well, she seems to like doing but that. but she is yeah and she's enjoying it and she's also like very young so she has plenty of time to be in other stuff yeah. but How she is she? like so i think she's 20 years old i think i don't know she's she's quite uh, young 21 yeah. um 21 yeah like she is so likable. Like she's just like every time she's on the screen, especially when the three of them are on the screen together. I'm like, if these three were in a good movie yeah. together, like this would <laughs> yeah, be yeah. so fun. Like the, their dynamic is great. Um, so I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's still MCU stuff. I'm not like a big fan, but it's um, it's better than than what I you heard. There's get, like I no think. like second act. It's so yeah. It's kind of like that up and then ends. Yeah, structurally, yeah. it's not that. <laughs> good. There's some there's some weird things where the the villain like kind of gets defeated at the end of the second act. So like the oh, third okay. act like doesn't involve like the villain is just very weak. But that's a whole different thing. Um. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, then I watched. Uh, let me make sure I say this right symbio psychotaxoplasm take one um which i recommended to you and i and i do still think you should really watch yeah. i think I, I think a lot of people should really watch it but it's like um 1968 experimental like documentary film that mm -hmm. is kind of like very much towing the line between like what's reality and like what is like filmmaking or like if the whole thing is staged or if none of it is staged and like yeah. you like it's like kind of impossible to tell um and it's so brilliant like the way that it's like kind of talking about i guess the the contrast between real life and film and how those two things are connected um and there's just like this uh i, I mean i won't spoil this like very yeah, yeah, yeah. unseen movie that people should definitely watch but there's a scene toward the end where they like interview this homeless man who just like goes on this awesome monologue and like uh, that scene i imagine is not staged like that's just like a real thing that happened but one you can't really tell and yeah. regardless it fucking rocks like that scene is so good um yeah the whole movie's worth watching um and it's pretty short it's like only a little over an hour so i'd recommend that people like definitely check that one out it's definitely one of like the better movies about movies um 
Shadow movie. I watched movie. Yeah, real. I watched Saltburn, which I've made several TikToks about and lots of posts on Twitter and whatnot. So I won't yeah. I won't rag on the movie too much. Um, <laughs> especially because so many people are loving it. Um, yeah, I saw I, I saw a five star rewatch this morning. I, I did yeah, <laughs> which is funny because me and Je- uh, shout out yeah. Jesse by the way. Um, <laughs> but me and Jesse actually talked about we it talked last about night. It. Yeah. Um, we had like a we had like a pretty lengthy conversation about it last night. And and I I mean even other people who I've talked to like I listen I understand why people like the movie. Um, I understand why people like her last movie. Uh, there's a lot of things both in that movie and in this movie that I like strongly disagree with, like things that like bother me in like a moral sense um, that makes it really hard for me to enjoy either of those movies. Maybe some people don't pay attention to those things or don't care about those things. Yeah, maybe some people don't have morals. (laughs) Well, that's not what I mean. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, there's just like, I don't know. I won't get into the specifics, especially because it's such a new movie and we're not covering it on the podcast, so I don't want to spoil it. But to me, they um, feel like... um, they're like bundled as like, hey, look, this is a good movie. And then you open the box and it's like, <laughs> well, the thing is, and this is uh, this is something I this is something I saw. This is something I saw people point out that I think is like a really good point is that yeah. it's even more frustrating to watch somebody who actually can make these like very good images, like who actually has yeah. like a talent for like the craft and then is just so bad at delivering messages and gives you something so empty that like the images are kind of rendered meaningless yeah um, well, I saw like that's some a frustrating review. experience i saw some review that said that um it's it's tasteful but artless you know yeah it, it, sure. like, <laughs> it, like it there, there's like it has like some it has artistic like um you know, it has the taste in it as it knows what, yeah. you know, how to present but, I mean, itself, even the stuff, even the stuff that does look good was like a little yeah. front. Like I mentioned this as well in my conversation with Jesse yesterday, where like some of the stuff, like, like, for example, there's like stuff that just is really nice to look at. It also has like this aspect ratio where you yeah. can't see some of those really uh, nice things. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I wish this was just like, like, why did this aspect was, ratio just to, yeah. you know, aspect ratio? I know. I saw her, I saw her talk about it and I was like, that's like a fine reason to do the aspect ratio thing. I like, it doesn't yeah, need it. It doesn't need it. Like, I'm like, purposeful. it would have been nicer. Yeah. It would have been nicer to look at otherwise. And there's just like, yeah. I mean, I, again, I'm not going to, you could go if you care watch my tiktoks i've talked i've made multiple videos yeah. talking about reasons why i don't go like fight it, kevin so. in the comments um yeah oh god there's somebody speaking of which we're not gonna <laughs> there's some awful comments but anyway um i watched it's a show but i rewatch normal people for like the 10th time or whatever everybody who knows me knows that i rewatch the show every time i'm like even a little bit sad so that i could just like feel mm-hmm. terrible um just the best thing ever made. I rewatched Dungeons and Dragons on Thanksgiving with my oh, yeah, family. Yeah. Um, my mother seemed to enjoy it, so that's good. My dad <laughs> fell asleep during it for the most part. Yeah. Um, but it's super fun. One of my favorite movies of the year still. Um, I watched The Bling Ring yesterday. Uh, or two days ago, I should say. Um, Bling Ring? Yeah, it was it was fun. I I was like much too tired to like enjoy it as much as I probably could. But um, And then yesterday, I watched A Fire. Um, a movie that came out earlier this year that uh, people have been comparing a lot to uh, the work of my guy, Eric Romare. Um, and guy. there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely some Romare influence there. I think it also- Romare in there? Yeah, I think it takes they a little bit that. of a different, I think it takes a little bit of a different path though. And I think especially like the way that it treats its characters is not exactly the way that Romare would do it. Um, 
but it's really interesting. It's a good, good movie. Um, like one of the year's best. I think people should watch it. I just made a video about that as well. But um, that's all for me. We can jump into some Napoleon talk. Uh, yeah, speaking of this year, not probably not this year's best, but this year, I'll get Napoleon, new right. Ridley Scott. Uh, Ridley's I mean, it's a, a hard, year. Hard it's a year for like it's a year for our our like a lot our, of real directors to be to be yeah. giving us stuff. Some um, real directors making movies about real people. Even that's true as well. Yeah, um, Napoleon was a real guy. The yep. the lengths, <laughs> yeah, the lengths to which uh, he's depicted accurately in this movie. We do not. I, I even had a friend text me yesterday, and he was like, he was like, I hear Napoleon, or like, or no, he he saw Napoleon, and he was like, it was kind of like, um, like mocking him a little bit. Like he wasn't really like that, right? And I was like, no, of course not. But like, and I said to my friend, I was like. I think that's more fun. Like I'd rather watch Ridley yeah. do what he does with this than than have it be like a by the numbers like Napoleon biopic because like that's not really something I care about and that's why I said to my friend I was like like yeah. you could read it in a textbook Ridley, and say, you know, like, Ridley is using Napoleon. historical figures to tell a story that he wants to tell. You know? Yeah. He's yeah. Not, and I he's not here to tell Napoleon's story necessarily rather yeah. than a story using Napoleon. It's more Yeah. Of, um, I mean to to set it up for people that I think the best way to describe it is that um, Napoleon's relationship with Josephine is kind of what frames the entirety of the movie. Everything that happens is kind of because of yeah. the combination of them too. Um, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's used throughout the movie. He's writing letters to her throughout the movie. They like when they're not on screen, which together. that is a real thing. That yeah, happened. which is a real thing, of course. <laughs> is, yeah, but but the movie is the the way that the movie that the way that we get through the movie is the progression of of their relationship with each other, which is kind of one of like faults of the movie in a way is that is like our you know heart of the story, but we have to cut out a lot of that because the yeah. movie can't be four hours long, and the understanding that I have of the four hour cut the infamous four-hour cut that hopefully we will get is that there's just more Josephine in it. And right. you the the rest of the scenes probably work better if we get more Josephine earlier. Um, who Especially knows? Especially you know, because exactly. Vanessa Kirby is fantastic. Fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can only imagine how good she is if her character is given the depth that the four-hour yeah. cut probably yeah. includes. Um, yeah, I think I think that's if we're going to start with flaws, at least, I think that is one of the flaws yeah. is that there's some stuff that's like a little bit underdeveloped, like, and, and I've seen some people point to the fact that maybe like this movie, like the four hour cut of this movie doesn't make all that much of a difference, which maybe that's true because sure. we haven't seen it. Um, mm -hmm. But I think there are a few instances in the movie that like, it's very obvious we're we're like skipping around. Like it's very obvious that we're going from one one event to the next and like really cutting yeah. by like a significant thing and one of the things that i thought about was the um the scene where he gets he gets married to after like his split with josephine he gets married to uh i i don't i don't know where where My she's from girl. but yeah so he gets married to somebody <laughs> else and she just like kind of like shows up and and then that's it. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, we see, yeah. we see that, like we see her show up and then like we cut to someone else and I'm like, Oh, that's just like a, 
a little thing that happened, but like doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if we needed too much of that, but like sure. it does kind of just kind of feel thrown in there. Yeah, it feels like we're jumping from even and I and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I feel like I remember there's a battle sequence that like where we don't really see the battle. Um I, I could be wrong, but I I'm feel like there's sure. like a, a scene where something happens and we just kind of like go to like the aftermath rather than like watching probably, it. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there, there's a couple of battles in the movie um, and jumping into the good stuff, I guess the battles. Fucking oh yeah. <laughs> like I, I think that is the, the high point of the movie for me. Well, yeah, I mean, you go into a Ridley Scott movie, especially like a, an epic, you know, war movie you're expecting some good some good battle sequences you know Ridley's yeah. never been shy of making some sweeping uh war epics um yeah i think they're all really fun um i know doug was not here with us really didn't like the waterloo section and i was like he said that to me before the um i saw the movie and i, I thought that thing was i didn't have any problems with it really yeah um, did he explain at all well he just said was? he said well, the entire time he was watching the waterloo section which was his like least favorite part of the movie for some reason. Um, he was like, I have no idea how they made an entire movie about this because there's a there's a Waterloo movie. Right, there is a Waterloo, yeah. Um, but so for some reason he, I don't know why, uh, specifically he didn't like that sec- uh, section, but he was always he was thinking about that movie the entire time. Right, um, and I mean it's a very significant battle, so I yeah, I, can I mean it see makes, why I, a movie it got sense. made about yeah. it. Um, I don't know, especially because like one thing that we're pointing to is the fact that for a two and a half hour movie, it feels like there's stuff left out. So I think it would make yeah. sense that some of these very major events could be turned into an entire movie. We, yeah, um, it's an interesting it's an interesting case because it's, it does feel long. It is long, but it feels like we uh, and it's like, oh, it's very long and it's winded movie. And you, you feel like you just watched a lot of fucking movie after watching it. But yeah. you do want more movie in a way it's just like it's just kind of fascinating how like um taking stuff out can almost you know make it feel or actually putting stuff in can make it feel you know more complete than um right you know because it'll flow better and that like yeah it's, well. it's this, i mean the, i don't think it flows horribly i just sure. I do think it can flow better um you know, I, it's, again, this is, it's it really, I think it's a really good movie. I don't have too many issues with it, but it does have some like things where it's like, I think there's a better version of this movie that probably exists just on what we know and just how, you know, it operates right now. Yeah. Um, and jumping back to the battle sequences for a minute there, yeah. I, um, I see a lot of people talk about, especially in his other movies. And again, it gets brought up in this movie, like, just how Ridley Scott works with scale. And it is like so impressive to like look at any of these scenes, even like, I don't know, not, not even necessarily just the battle sequences, just the way that every set looks like every location they go to looks and the way that everything feels like as grand as it would in real life. You know, like I, I just think to tell a story that is obviously like a part of history that really happened and then to like watch and of course like whether or not this feels true to life is a different conversation because obviously like 
he's doing things with the story that aren't true to life but but to like be in these places on screen and have those feel so true to life is like a really impressive thing that i don't think uh like i don't know how much people could pay attention to something like that in another movie but it's i i think it's an undervalued thing that he is just doing so well like there's just every battle sequence just feels so real to me um because of how everybody is organized on the screen and because of like i mean you have hundreds of extras and Especially uh, there's the I mean the, the Waterloo I think section is really well organized. I mean, you have the, yeah. I, I I don't know. I think going back to that, I don't know why Doug. I'd be interested in you know here, but he's not here. But that, I think <laughs> that, that section is quite fascinating, especially in the way. Yeah, that, everybody know, everybody boo Doug in the comments. Especially the way that the the, act, the all the extras are organized because I think that one's even one of the more tactical ones because you you see why he you know, loses there. Yeah, I think a lot as well of like the like another part where I was like watching the movie and really considering this was when um, they go to what is it? Is it Moscow in Russia that like they burn completely? Yeah, um, I think so. Like, I mean, it's just like the wet, like it just it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, like it, just this deserted city um, and the way that it's like set up to like to to make you feel like that is uh yeah I don't know it's just very I, impressive I loved everything about all like the the big scenes that we get like yeah. there's a lot of stuff in between that I think doesn't really catch my interest as much but sure. every time we jump to a major battle or like a new location yeah. or like this yeah like just this it's just it's like kind of undeniably great, like Ridley Scott stuff. Like, yeah, it's just... I um, it's not perfect, but I do think um, I don't think many. I don't really know if I could name another director that can make this exact movie. You know, it's yeah, it's that's so what I was thinking Ridley while Scott. watching it. Yeah. It's very impressively Ridley Scott, and that for someone who's you know not a big fan of him, his other movies, you're probably not gonna get too much out of this. But I think this is a this is another win for the Ridley Scott heads because. Uh, it's very yeah. Ridley Scott. <laughs> He's a very divisive filmmaker in like the world of. Yeah, like, which I, I don't think it, I make much sense. It doesn't make much sense to me. I, I, I don't think um, it feels. I'm not sure. It's it's very odd. Like, if you like, just kind of took his filmography and didn't know anything about his, like what people thought of him. I feel like you would think he was respected much more like he's respected but it's like he has like he made blade runner an alien you know like yeah which like i think a lot of and again it depends what it depends what section of discourse you're engaging in because i think there's a lot of people who are like oh this guy used to be great and hasn't made a movie in 20 years there's also Mm -hmm. a lot of people who just think he hasn't really made that many good movies ever um well it's a weird that's that yeah it's it's that's a point where it's like alien and blade runner came out so long ago but I think some people even don't like those movies either, um, which is silly. But I also think like it's like he's just kind of impressive now. Um, yeah, I mean the guy is eighty-five years old. Eighty-five. Right? Yeah. He's made and how many movies in the past like couple of he's years? He's eighty-five, <laughs> and he's he's reinvented the way that filmmaking has been made, so he can make movies faster. He, there's I don't yeah. know if you saw the the clip I sent it of uh, a couple of days ago, where he talks about how he's just using more cameras now um so they shoot faster so he can do a shoot 
in like whatever X amount of days. So he's pumping out movies just consistently faster, right. which is why he's able to do what he's doing. But he's doing this, but he was like, hey, why don't we just use more cameras instead of just like, you know, whatever, um, using less right. cameras and like just to give people taking more, taking more um, just to give takes. people some perspective on Ridley Scott in his 80s in the past <laughs> couple in the past yeah, couple yeah. of years. He released The Last Duel and House of Gucci in the same year. 2021, yep. Yeah. Then we get Napoleon this year. And Gladiator, Gladiator 2 is already close to it's, half finished and coming out next year. Yeah, um, it's... Um, all of which yeah, has we're getting in the first half of his 80s. <laughs> from when we're recording this, about uh, 361 days till Napo uh, Gladiator 2. Oh, very specific count there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a tracker up or... Like, uh, it's uh, a, year, a year from the 22nd. Gotcha, um, okay um so, so yeah, yeah we're it's like we're gonna get we're, we're gonna get a uh really scott movie every year till he dies um and then probably a, a movie the year after he dies <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, like this crazy. i mean yeah i i think that's um one of the I, I admire that kind of ethic working ethic from a director i think um i mean he's just doing very, stuff yeah <laughs> i don't know um do do we want to talk at all about Joaquin Phoenix? Because we mentioned Vanessa Kirby is great in this, um, which like to me, I, like kind of, and then this is coming from somebody who really likes Joaquin Phoenix, but like to me, Vanessa Kirby is kind of the best part of every scene she's in. Um, like sure, for sure, the sure. most for the most part, she's fantastic. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is interesting to be playing Napoleon, and I think he yeah. mostly does a good job i wanted to play i wasn't going to read the salt burn comments but i wanted to bring up the comment that this person posted on my napoleon video because it's such a silly comment someone someone commented on my video like thinking that it was like kind of like an own you know what i mean yeah, yeah, i yeah. mentioned like i was like oh i don't know like like i like walking phoenix sometimes i don't like him at other times in this movie and someone comments and they go Joaquin Phoenix is an English-speaking American actor. You have to suspend disbelief to appreciate him in this role. Like, did he think I was watching him speak French? Like, what do you, yeah, thanks for letting me know that he's an English-speaking American actor. Like, oh, nice. Well, like, what an insight. Um, yeah, yeah, like, like duh. Um, I just think there are some moments that have very strong Joaquin Phoenixisms. <laughs> like that maybe pull me out of the fact that he's playing Napoleon. Um, sure. But there are a lot of moments where yeah. I don't think anybody else would do it as good as he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think specifically some of like the comedic moments in the movie, I, I think are like so well suited for Joaquin Phoenix, like the the boats line when he's just oh, like, yeah. when he yells oh, at the guy and he's like, what does he say? He says something like you, um, oh, I don't, I don't know the exact line, but he says he like yells at a like, guy about, about having boats. Like something about like, you think you're so, you're, I don't know the exact word. It's like, you think you're so important because you have boats? <laughs> like, yeah. Something on the lines like, of that, I think. It's, like only yeah. Joaquin Phoenix could yeah. make that as funny as it is. Um, and for a movie no, that I is think, kind of like one of the funnier movies this year, I think I think, for I think this it's great casting. Napoleon, I, I think he's I think he's good. It, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think if, if I'm going to get really, you know, 
technical about it. Uh, you probably want someone younger to play Napoleon. Sure, right, because he's playing um, he's playing Napoleon like in his twenties and thir- like early thirties, right? Yeah, and... it's interesting to do a Napoleon movie about Napoleon over a span of like a long time and have someone older be someone try like to make them look younger at the beginning and then you know have them just naturally age instead of having <laughs> yeah. someone be younger and then like age them up um so, so i would have you know if i were making a napoleon movie this year you would i would have opted for someone younger but i don't that doesn't take me out of the movie or it's something i'm really thinking about during the movie but it's like if i'm making i'm build a bear you know making the perfect napoleon movie you probably right. get someone younger um and i think um it'd be it, it actually i think you'd just get a it would be a different experience with the younger napoleon because i think um when you're looking at Joaquin, I don't think you're thinking like, oh, he's very young during this. Like, it's just because you're looking at Joaquin and you know that's like a fucking 60 year old man. You know, it just has a different. Yeah. Because the things that he's doing are like crazy and they're very big and he's in these very hostile situations and he's going through a lot. But if you're looking at Joaquin, you're definitely like, oh, this is an older person. So he, he should be able to, you know, handle these situations. Um, so it's kind of just a different. Uh, experience there if you have a younger actor but that's not it's kind of a nitpick yeah no that makes sense i the other thing i guess while we're on the subject of napoleon specifically is because we've already talked about how he's portrayed in this movie i i tweeted about this as well which like i i i don't know if i don't know if this makes sense but i texted uh our friend john who also makes tiktoks and um And, and he agreed with me as soon as I said it. So I was like, okay, at least somebody I know has like the same perspective, which is that like I was watching it and and I was like, it's a it's a silly, it's a very fun, silly thing yeah. to depict Napoleon as just like kind of just a little guy in this movie. Like he's yeah. kind of just like, you know like, the, you know, like the like almost crying emoji yeah. thing. Like, the, like that's kind of just yeah. Napoleon for this whole movie. And I'm like, that's such a fun, like funny decision and mm-hmm. like silly way to depict like one of our most historically significant figures and a guy who was like kind of known as this like great winner like great um, like yeah i think it's an interest in, interesting that juxtaposition when you have someone like joaquin who seems to be playing these little guys quite yeah, often like recently, little freaks mostly. but he's he's good at playing these freaks because his face and like his stature and his kind of presence is very like, you know, oh, he has this like kind of he's anti, you know, you wouldn't expect this guy to be a little uh, freak, I guess. He, he looks yeah. like he's, you know, well suited and he's, you know, got his shit together. So I think it does work as a juxtaposition. But I think if you wanted to like lean harder on him, just being like a kind of a pathetic little guy, you know, someone younger probably would have pushed that further um perhaps but i do think it is interesting um i don't know it's interesting the casting is kind of funny um you there's like the ridley scott quote where he's like i put the hat on his head and i said that is right. napoleon like he's like yeah it's yeah a, you know it's a very funny um, way you went about that <laughs> um, i need we need to have just like a sit down with ridley scott like we need to just like <laughs> pick his brain for for an hour yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah i don't know i just think there's some decisions with how napoleon is portrayed that are very like interesting for um 
for this movie. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, cause going back to, um, what, what Doug was talking about, um, Doug, Doug points out something in his review, like where he mentions the movie being kind of silly as well, at least in his letterbox review, where he was like, he was like, uh, it's it's funny to show the movie having like all of like these intense battle sequences all this like extreme like violence and then and then at the end just be like napoleon led so many people yeah, to their yeah, death yeah. like some like and it's just like showing us like figures of like how many i don't know um yeah like it's 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 a it's a silly movie and, and for lack of a better word um like and it's depiction of napoleon and also speaking of silly just like small detail i needed to point out because i saw so many people talking about this like on the internet and like because keep in mind this is a movie that just came out over thanksgiving over thanksgiving break so like of course people are going to see this with their families there is just oh. like abrupt cut <laughs> to napoleon and josephine fucking just out of like it, yeah, I'm it couldn't it be more a couple hours i'm excited for that yeah it couldn't be more abrupt um and i imagine for the people who went into this not knowing that it was it was quite an experience to watch alongside your parents or whoever which oh, like yeah. not really something that like yeah i don't know just just a thing to point out great, because great they, they really yeah they really yeah, no, come out of he's nowhere across the table and um, he's he sees um soon to be the Jos josephine's a uh, little scandalous lover. Um, they're talking, right. and then it, he's he's getting he, he catches Joaquin's face. He's getting really angry, and then yeah. he's like going hard in the paint. It's like I just, <laughs> <laughs> I, just I um yeah yeah it's, it's um, a funny it's a little no it works but it, I I think it works one I mean it works because my entire theater was laughing. And, oh yeah, I mean um, no, it's another another great comedic uh, you know. Yeah, but also there. it works in terms of how it's characterizing Napoleon as this like I, I, like he he is just nothing in this movie without Josephine, yeah. um, and everything kind of like points back to her, um, mm -hmm. even even to the point where the the missteps that he makes for the all of the mistakes that he makes toward the end of the movie happen after spoiler alert for a real thing Josephine's death, um, yeah. No, like, he he loses. That is where, yeah, most, that is yeah. where he really starts to lose it. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, all the way up until he lives his life in exile. Yeah, um, yeah I I think I think that it's a, a good decision. Um, I don't really have any other notes. I think that I that we didn't cover. Is there anything else that you want to bring up as far as Napoleon stuff goes? Um, not particularly. No. I think uh, I think it's a really solid movie. I, I don't think it's yeah. And, oh, uh, and another uh, thing that I should have pointed out at the beginning, um, but I I will uh, point it out now. <laughs> this movie uh, in yeah. our forty second episode is the first time in podcast history, despite Doug not being here, the first time in our podcast's history where all three of us rated something the same. It took us 42 is that, episodes. Is that the case? Yeah. Is it all, I, I we went, all gave it 3.5 or is it yeah, like I went all back, Yeah, I went back through every like episode, every movie okay. that we've covered <laughs> and checked yeah. the ratings. There's probably movies that we've given the same rating to as far as like lists that we've done or something. But sure. specific episode topics, this is the first time that we've covered yeah. a movie 
for an episode and we all gave it the same rating um yeah. it is kind of like one of the the ultimate 3.5 out of five. yeah i said that in, i recorded on tiktok <laughs> and i was like this is the most 3.5 movie ever because it, it's like really good but it's not great enough <laughs> you know yeah it never like, reaches those highs but it's like consistently 3.5 through the whole movie um, yeah which is quite an interesting Picture. Yeah, just something to point out for the for the diehard fans. Yeah, bro, look like <laughs> looks like a movie heads. Out yeah. There. There you go. Um, but yeah, that could uh that could wrap up our our little Napoleon discussion. We're gonna jump into some news. Uh, obviously, reminder as usual to share some feedback if you like listening to us talk about Napoleon or the news or whatever. Um, you can comment, subscribe, like the video on YouTube. You can rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> that goes a long way. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter. Um, oh, yeah. there are links in the episode description for our Twitter to keep up with, with all things looks like a movie as well as to join our discord if you want to do that. Um, but we're going to jump into some news starting with obviously like the by far biggest piece of news in Hollywood this past week, um, is a lot of, lot of scream seven news. I'm going to try to wrap all of this up into one. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm going to try to group this all together. But we have a lot of Scream 7 news that starts with Melissa Barrera being fired from the Scream franchise due to her posts denouncing the genocide in Gaza and calling for a ceasefire, like uh, uh, several social media posts. Um, yep. She gets fired from Scream 7. Uh, then Spyglass, the company behind Scream, releases a statement that says we have zero tolerance for anti-Semitism or the incitement of hate in any form, including false references to genocide, ethnic (gasps) cleansing, Holocaust distortion, or anything that flagrantly crosses the line into hate speech. None of those things, of course, are things that Melissa Barrera did, um, (laughs) but Spyglass uh, accuses her of doing those things anyway. um, So that is an awful statement from them. Then following up that awful statement, we get another awful statement from the soon-to-be director of Scream 7, uh, Christopher Landon, who tweets broken heart emoji, (laughs) everything sucks, stop yelling, this is not my decision to make. Um, Which, like, at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, the fact that he shows distaste for this decision is a good thing the fact that he chooses to state it that way yeah not so much a good thing um pretty much an empty <laughs> statement pretty much like a like a both sidesing this thing kind of like the safest thing i could say about this without losing my job type of thing um so very much not taking a stand for the star of his franchise um and then finally the last big domino in this piece of news is that the following day it was announced that jenna ortega will not be re- uh, returning for Scream 7. She's the biggest name in the franchise currently. Yeah. Um, so, and and there's like some reports that it was like a scheduling thing, but like we can assume why she's yeah, not yeah. returning. And it, um, um, I we, we can imagine it has to do with the fact that Melissa Barrera was fired. Yet to see if like other cast members will drop out, but this all in all feels like uh, a mess. And I don't think anybody is now excited to support scream seven in any way yeah. uh they did mention they don't know how the articles there were some articles mentioned the um they're already on duty to rewrite the movie um they want nev campbell and patrick dempsey back right um, which nev a lot campbell, of people are pointing of course to the fact that nev campbell wasn't paid enough, yeah it wasn't which in the last movie because she wasn't paid enough Though I'd, it'd be really odd, they'd have to pull out the the money banks to get Nev Campbell, which just feels like 
you know, we're jumping through circus hoops here to save the franchise. Um, who knows what happens? Um, yeah, if I were it's... to bet, I don't think this movie comes out. Or at least it That's feels probably... like um, I just saw someone say that uh, you probably get uh, Spyglass selling the Scream franchise and then someone picks it up and then we get like a, a new Scream movie in like five years or something. Um, yeah. But it doesn't feel like this iteration of the Scream uh, 7 with Christopher Landon Christmas movie from Spyglass is happening. <laughs> it just, yeah. it, I don't know. The outrage has been too. Yeah, which is like, yeah. I, I mean, and this is something that I pointed out the other day as well, which is like most, a majority of the Scream fan base, at least currently for these new Scream 5 and 6 movies, is teenagers and people in their 20s. Not exactly the kind of people. Yeah. Who would react no. well no. to firing no. your star over something no. like that no 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 no. um so just like an awful like aside from the fact that it's an awful moral decision it's also an awful business decision so i just don't know how they thought this was going to be a thing that they do without any backlash and the backlash has been oh, yeah. significant for good reason um and it's it's nice to see how much people are shitting on scream seven i yeah like you said it it feels like a movie that's not going to come out and if it does it feels like a movie that's going to either be like strongly boycotted or something but oh yeah um, no. it will be 100 percent boycotted um yeah it, it just feels uh, like just, uh, there there's no way to go for spyglass right now but sell the property it just yeah which is like uh, and of they course like, the, they, but they didn't need to do this at all because the last two movies were successful um, well, the first thing is like they a while ago they had they had radio silence do the first two, and they got really really greedy, where they were like, we need this next one out ASAP. So, sorry, radio silence, but we need Christopher Landon to come in do this one quick. We gotta get this one quick, um, out there. And the strike happened, kind of shot that plan in the foot a little, uh, yeah. and then they're like, hey, let's uh fire our star. Um, so I it's it's. I don't know. The handling of the franchise has been quite weird, but this is obviously like the biggest um, kind of shooting in the foot moment. And I, I just don't think it's a really direction that you can get out of this hole that you just feel like you're too far. Right. Down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. The outlook on anything Screams having right now is as, as low as it could ever possibly be. Um, bit of a transition just like worth mentioning i think with along with all of this news is that we saw the talent agency uta drop susan sarandon oh, yeah. as a client for showing support for palestine which is being kind of like bunched in with this story as like a, a larger story of mm -hmm. celebrities who are speaking out publicly showing support for palestine showing mm -hmm. support for the idea of a ceasefire and then um hollywood kind of retaliating no by taking their jobs right um <laughs> which like is a stranger things boycott gonna happen maybe i don't know <laughs> like um uh, probably not those, like, those fans yeah. are like 12 so it's like they don't really know sure but don't it's really i don't know but... it's yeah it's very frustrating to to see this stuff happen oh, yeah, um, and how sure. hollywood is treating this stuff. i mean obviously and this goes this is kind of goes across the like it's more than just a hollywood thing of course i mean obviously like lots of people in any industry have been losing their jobs for showing any yeah. kind of vocal support for palestine um yeah it's uh 
it's just part of a bigger story, of course. And um, it, it's just bizarre. It feels like it's our industry is so fucked because we we just right. literally got out of the the strike, and now we're going straight into yeah. like people getting blacklisted for being pro Palestine. Yeah, it's so, um, it's so yeah. Over. Uh, to not so much of a smooth transition, but just to jump into some <laughs> other like movie stuff that doesn't uh involve that uh nosferatu news we got two yeah. things first look at lily rose depp and uh we also got robert eggers saying that phil skarsgård totally transformed into count orlock for nosferatu uh his quote was that he's just not there <laughs> which <Yeah. laughs> kind of rocks <laughs> like bill skarsgård is honestly fantastic all the Billy time boy. like yeah that dude rocks like he is just like and, and this is like I mean, this is just like a movie made for that guy. Like he's like, mm -hmm. like, yeah. No, I'm excited. Uh, you um, get a you do, the close look has like he's like out of focus, and you see like an eighth of his head. But um, you get a good look at um, Nicholas Holt, who's set to be in his first good movie. So I'm happy for him. <laughs> um, has Nicholas Holt really never been in a good movie? I don't. He's definitely been in one. Right? Oh, he's been in Mad Max. He's been in Mad Max. Yeah, right. That's true. Have you have you seen Mad Max? Very yeah, rough. I mean, yeah. Do you like it? It's. I think it's. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing, buddy. Oh, he's also in the favorite. Oh, yeah. He's in. He's in good movies. Your yeah. ghost. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I like good the favorite movies, a lot. Um, I like the favorite a lot. I mean, yeah, definitely more bad movies. movies than good and then movies, you have but... like. Was it and he's in a sing and he's in a single man for like a very short period of time. Oh, okay, um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so he's like yeah, he's been he's in, in good stuff. movies. He's worked with some directors. It's, um, but... Um, definitely the first good movie coming coming off a string of not so good movies. We could say yes. that much. And then he will um, be in a bad movie after that. And I just, <laughs> I just said, uh, yeah, Nicholas Holt, funny guy. I think he's he looks good in that. Um, you got these sideburns and the old, you know, the old outfit. Yeah, I think he's he's kind of got that. Um, you know, because the favorites kind of a period piece. I think he got like a period piece vibe to him. Yeah. I mean, this is the excitement for for this kind of thing is is massive. Like Robert Eggers, Nosferatu, oh, yeah. like Rose Depp. Yeah, yeah, we're we're excited. Um, speaking of, we have, and I tried to group all of these together um, because there are so many. We have like a, a long list of sequel news, so I'm just going to group it all into one thing, and we can you can tell me what sticks out as the most exciting, I guess. But um, as far as sequel news goes. Creed 4 is in the works. James Cameron says that Avatar 3 is now into a very hectic two years of post-production. Um, Lupita Nyong'o will be starring in A Quiet Place Day 1 next year. Um, there's also a new Jason Bourne film in the works, apparently, with the director of All Quiet on the Western Front, Edward Berger, and Matt Damon is expected to be oh, approached. Berger. Um, and then finally, The Blackening 2, a movie that came out earlier this year, what? will have a sequel. Uh, in the work. So out of those five, obviously like Avatar 3 is the big one, but we've known about Avatar 3 already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited about Creed 4. I'm sure. Um, I have not, I, I've enjoyed all three of the movies. Probably not, right? I, yeah, uh, no, definitely not. not, not. <laughs> yeah, who, um, who, I'm who curious if Michael B. Jordan your, like, will be dream, directing who, again. He is, I think, I think they mentioned that. Okay. Who's um, your dream villain casting? dream villain casting uh i'm curious who they would get you know what i you know what i thought about immediately on the subject because because we just talked about uh robert eggers is like 
if we Robert got like Eggers Scott, no, 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 but because <laughs> yeah, Robert Eggers being a boxer. No, we, because we just talked about him. I think if we got Bill? like Skarsgård in his um, uh, Alexander, uh, not Bill, Alexander Skarsgård in Alexander his Skarsgård. Northman physique to be a boxer with like that physique, that shit would kind of rock. Uh, <laughs> like that'd be a cool one. I'm I don't know. His dad. I don't know who else. It's still in Skarsgård. <laughs> <laughs> just like just like a 70 year old boxer how old is he yeah yeah <laughs> michael b jordan it's like a, it's like a battle of the minds more of the battle of the body you know right. it's all tactics so i think Dylan could do it i think um no yeah i'm i'm i mean listen creed movies are three for three right now so and michael b jordan clearly has some promise i'd li- I like i i think when we talked about creed three earlier this year we mentioned like we'd like to see him kind of direct something that's not like big yeah, budget franchisey kind of stuff um but like we can do big i'm sure creed 4 is gonna be good like it's like yeah, yeah like it's i don't know he he clearly has talent so i'm i'm interested the quiet place thing i've kind of i don't know i i even liked the second quiet place mostly because killian murphy's in it but i i don't know that i'm like super yeah, I'm. Well, I don't like John Krasinski, <laughs> but I don't know if I'm super excited for it. But like, I'll always get behind something that Lupita Nyong'o's in. Um, sure. She rocks every time, so that's cool. I don't know. Yeah, um, Jason Bourne stuff. I have no opinion on at all. Yeah, I haven't but, seen this. Uh, next up, we have uh, a original. Uh, Nicole Kidman, Antonio Banderas, Sophie Wilde, and Harris Dickinson will star in A24's erotic thriller Baby Girl, directed by the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies director, Helena Rain. Um, sure. It looks it, conceptually interesting. Um, erotic thriller between Nicole Kidman and Harris Dickinson, kind of an awesome concept. Two people who I like seeing on screen. Um yeah, I'm interested. I'm probably more interested in this than some of the sequel stuff, but we'll we'll see what it what actually comes of it. Um, then, in TV news, we have Black Mirror season seven in the works, which Ooh. I have already made a video about. Not my expectations at this point, quite low, but still a little bit excited. I I hope it's better than this season we just got. I don't know if they have the ability to improve <laughs> upon the season that we just had. I, I don't really, I think Over. they would have to, I think they would have the to worst make some TV ever incoming. I just think they would have to make some serious changes to, to rebound and get to the point that they were in, in the first three seasons. And some of those changes have to include like, can we get a, a real good director to make one of these episodes? Like if they get like a real director, like big director, cause they have in the past gotten at least like directors with, with a reputation to do a couple episodes. Um, and those episodes are good. <laughs> so I, I think that would be cool as well as like they have, they never have any trouble pulling in stars. Even this past season had like some pretty big names involved so that's like not a problem um i just think they have to they have to give us an episode in the new season that is on par with some of the earlier seasons otherwise i've kind of lost out on the show because it's like last season the highest high of last season does not really compare at all to the first four seasons um so if you do two two seasons in a row of that then black mirror might be washed it might be over for our for the black mirror heads 
<laughs> like myself. Is that um, all about your heads? Real. Um, next up, uh, Focus Features has acquired distribution rights to the bike riders after it was dropped by Disney, um, and we're getting a 2024 theatrical release. So the bike riders will not be coming out this year. It was supposed to come out this month, I think, in November. Really? Originally. Why did they? Um, do you know why they dropped it? Was there like a? Uh, is that a half? I don't remember. I, that's, not... I remember seeing that it happened. I don't remember okay. why, but I, I just weird. It's annoying that it happened at all. Thankfully, Focus Features stepped in and picked it up because, like, yeah. the idea of a project like that, like, uh, like the bike riders, a movie that a lot of people are like excited for you know what i mean like did the, the fact that somebody like disney could just kind of like drop it and then like nobody ends up seeing it is like a scary thought you know yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like it's got austin butler in it it's got tom hardy in it it's got jody comer in it um mm. it's made by a real director like the fact yeah. that it could just like be cast aside by disney and then like not get released thankfully it will get released but yeah now it gets pushed back to 2024 um so we'll see it when we see it, I guess. But uh, that's a little piece of news Yo, and there. I have a bit of news for you. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. Emerald Fennel says she would love to make a Jurassic Park film. and pitches oh. her own take. Well, first and foremost, it's very erotic. So there's a okay. marriage between a man and a velociraptor. And it's basically a domestic drama. What do you think about Emerald Fennel's take on Jurassic Park? Is this a discussing film? Is this like a, a joke tweet? Or oh, is this like a real thing? It's real. Oh, it's, it's real. Wire. I just saw it as of, as of three minutes ago. Holy no, shit. It's, real. it's an um, IndieWire article. I might need to quote this like live on the episode. Uh, this is like awful. <laughs> oh, really? You don't, you don't want ready for it? You don't want to see it? You won't be there I, day one. I'm not You'll gonna be there lie. You would be there. Day I'm one. not gonna lie. This has this one. has worst movie of all time potential. <laughs> like, oh. first of all, we need to have make sure that's getting made. Maybe, probably. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, in Dude. a post in a post opera world, I don't know that there's too many things that Emerald Fennel can. Colin do. Trevorrow made a. A Jurassic World movie. You don't think Emerald could pull some strings? Well, it's not even just that. Like, I think she could. I think she has like the ability, really, to mostly do anything she wants with her next movie. <laughs> like, yeah, like she is going to like because between Promising Young Woman and Saltburn, like, and again, it's not like these movies are making like a massive amount of money, but I do think that she. They're big on TikTok. Yeah, like like she's gonna <laughs> she's she's gonna have another movie soon, and it's and it's gonna be whatever Gerwig, she has, watch out. Yeah, like Barbie whatever she has her right? sights on, <laughs> whatever she has her sights on, uh, she could probably get it. I really hope that that's not a fucking Jurassic Park movie. That sounds awful. I hope so. Um, as somebody who calls the first Jurassic Park one of like my five favorite movies ever at the moment, um, make some room. I He's really... got a new favorite coming. Okay. Right. Hey. I, I would like it if Jurassic um, Park domestic drama directed yeah, by. I would like it if that ip is not like the show water but for jurassic park heads but i think <laughs> i think this is another specific thing that i want to point out that we talked about when we mentioned 65 recently when we were recapping like our oh, year list that um, it. 
Oh God. <laughs> no, that like the, the idea of an erotic dinosaur right. movie. It's like, it's the same thing with the most recent That's Jurassic cool world movie. It's like, have people forgotten that dinosaurs are cool? Like, do we need to, it's the same thing with the do last we need Jurassic to world them, movie. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like the Jurassic world movie, half the movie is about bugs. And now somebody is over here talking about <laughs> making an erotic dinosaur. Just make a movie about dinosaurs, bro. They're cool. Like if you just put dinosaurs in the movie and make it good, people are going to like it. Like, <laughs> It's just a given. I don't know. Anyway, that's a, that's a live reaction in the world news that I despise. Um, we have two quick pieces of news left. One, uh, Paul Meskel, uh, big fan, of course, says he'd like to uh, maybe do a rom-com with Iowa Debris or something like that. That was, that was the way he phrased it. I'd like it. to do a rom-com um, with Iowa Debris. Do that. I, yeah, I mean, uh, listen, yeah. Paul Meskel, <laughs> Iowa Debris, rom-com, it's like, you can remember a long time ago on the podcast when we built our own rom-coms. Yeah, this sure. is kind of like dream casting. Like, this is kind of like... Okay, awesome. but you got, what do you got? Griffin Gluck is the director? No, please not. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I would. I, I'm gonna be honest. If you put Paul Mescal and Iowa Debris in, in a rom com directed by Griffin Gluck, I'd be there day one. Yeah. I'd be like, I, I'd prefer I don't think he him. Write, I don't, I don't know. know. It's like, I I would love that. Like, I think that would be so fun. I, mean, he and was I know cool they're like tall girl, but like I just I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I know they're I know they're friends in real life. Um, yeah, you can You gotta stop. You gotta stop bringing up Griffin Gluck when when you talk about Will Gluck because now <laughs> I need to like now I need to make it clear to the listeners that we're talking about Will Gluck and not <laughs> not American Vandal star Griffin Gluck. I mean, big time adolescence, big fan. Right, know, just, right. Um. Anyway, our last piece of news I wanted to end on that's like not really a piece of news at all, but I thought it would be yeah. funny to end on it because we get to celebrate something nice. Uh, Robert Pattinson's going to be a dad. Um, him, and Suki Water- him and Suki Waterhouse are expecting their first child together. Um, Lautner, Lautner, stay away, you know. Like, it's, 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 just Lautner, like, Lautner, it's just like it's just like funny. <laughs> I think something. I think something I was thinking about is just like because I always get these like TikTok slideshows of like all the like funny ass like Robert Pattinson news headlines. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. all like the stuff that Robert Pattinson does. I'm like. Can you picture that guy having a kid? Like, like what is that? Like, like what is yeah. that kid gonna be like? <laughs> that kid, it's... that kid's gonna be something in twenty years. That. Yeah, maybe, maybe one of our great actors. Uh, maybe not, but regardless, um, maybe one fun... of our great. Rappers. Robert Pattinson <laughs> certainly is one of our great actors. Uh, we can agree and, on that. Um, yeah, one of our great a... people, man. Well, we don't know all that much. <laughs> one of the funniest people we could say for sure. Like, oh sure. yeah. I mean, what what a guy. Um. Anyway, I mean, you sure that is um that is the piece of news we're gonna wrap. That was a on. piece of pie, man. Um, next week we're gonna be getting in the Christmas spirit and talking oh, about gonna Black be, Christmas. We're gonna be jingling um, all the way. Yeah. Uh. So we will see everybody later.